0: and these were like go-to solutions for the enterprise-grade project management. So obviously, Oracle is competing there as well.
1: Their PPM portfolio or product, it includes a Primavera product now. It's merged into it.
0: It's influenced from that.
2: Influenced,
0: I Yeah, exactly. The way your Microsoft products are gonna be influenced by Microsoft projects.
2: Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast.
2: I'm Sam Gupta,
0: your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm, Elevage IQ. Do you know an ERP that is targeted at Fortune 500 industries? Do you know an ERP that can process more than 200 million journal entries per hour? Do you know an ERP that can accommodate more than 200 countries in one database? Do you know an ERP that can be sold as individual cloud apps such as SCM or PPM? Do you know an ERP that is primarily targeted for banking, insurance, media, telecom, utility, energy, healthcare, and the public sector industries? If you have guessed Oracle Cloud ERP, then you are right. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Oracle e capabilities. We covered many grounds, including its product architecture, evolution, release deadlines, and how it compares with competing products. Finally, we discussed unique features such as risk management, general ledger level security settings and its leaner capabilities for manufacturing and supply chain. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello everyone, welcome to today's show and if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern We pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. And for today, we have one of the biggest guns, I guess. Uh, You know, it's called uh, Oracle ERP Cloud, Oracle uh, eBusiness Suite. There are many different names and there are many different products underneath as well. So we will be discussing all of that, how they all tie together. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta, your host and principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital uh, transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to Andy for his intro. Sam, uh, thanks for
1: inviting me today. Uh, My name is Andy Pratico. I've been involved with ERP software for small to mid manufacturers for over four decades, if you can believe it. I've worked all over North America. And uh, I'm looking forward to our discussion today,
0: Sam. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Andy. And if you're in the audience joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show. If we run out of time, we'll make sure that you are going to receive your answers. On that note, uh, Andy, I am going to start with the quick briefing on um, today's solution. And then we are going to sort of talk about where they fit in the value chain based on uh, the systems that we have discussed so far. Uh, And uh, if I recall correctly, and you need to refresh my memory, in the Oracle portfolio, I remember that we did the Oracle corporate strategy. My recollection is that we have probably done next week. And then a few weeks back, uh, we have done PeopleSoft as well. And I think we are super lean overall in the Oracle portfolio in general, based on the number of solutions that they have in their portfolio. Is Uh, this one we're doing
1: the same? Is it also called Fusion?
0: Yeah, so there are three layers to it. Uh, You know, underlying products are probably going to be different. Uh, So we'll have a little history there. But these are basically three different products. Number one is your Oracle ERP Cloud, which is probably the newer baby and probably the most successful as cloud native solution for the enterprises. The legacy variant of this solution was Oracle EBS, E-Business yeah. Suite. And that is still supported, by the way. The on-prem version is still supported. So Oracle is still selling that. And I think there's an uh, announcement that they are probably going to be supporting until 2030. So they and SAP S4 HANA, they both are probably in similar boat. SAP S4 HANA cloud functionality is not as much, I believe. Uh, it's trying to catch up. Uh, with the cloud version, but my understanding is that SAP S4 HANA is still behind in the cloud functionality compared to Oracle. So I don't know who's going to pull the plug first, uh, whether it is going to be, but they both are in the similar boat. (laughs) Where does JD Edwards fit in all this? Yeah. So I guess we were talking last time when we reviewed uh, JD Edwards. So JD Edwards came as part of your PeopleSoft portfolio when Oracle acquired So PeopleSoft had acquired JD Edwards, JD Edwards was more of the SMB solution. And then PeopleSoft was more of the enterprise, slightly more service centric solution. Oracle ended up acquiring that. Uh, But then what they did is uh, my understanding is that they wanted to start Fusion. Uh, The whole idea of Fusion was really fuse everything that they had (laughs) because they had too many (laughs) solutions. So that's why it was called Fusion. So they wanted to get best out of all the products that they had acquired. So that would be your PeopleSoft, JD Edwards, uh, Seabell, and obviously their own baby, which is Oracle EBS. Um, so that was the the whole idea about Oracle Fusion. Uh, but then Oracle So they're fusion,
1: all going to come together, do you think, into the one fusion
0: product? They have already come together. They already <laughs> have. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why we have uh, you know the Oracle Fusion as well as. Uh, oracle erp cloud so when they started this whole idea of oracle fusion uh you know they didn't know that they could be this good in the cloud world okay so that's why right after a year i guess they had to start doing the same thing that they were doing uh, sort of the on-prem world and somebody else's infrastructure they started doing the same thing for the cloud so that's why you have sort of the competing products at this point of time fusion as well as uh uh, this one, Oracle ERP Cloud, but I think they will end up merging both of them. Uh, right. I they are going to, but right now... That, that makes sense. I've heard both. that for a long,
1: long time, but I just didn't know if it all, already happened yet.
0: Yeah, so my understanding is that they are still supporting both or three products, but you know, it's going to be Oracle ERP Cloud, which is going to be go-to product in general. And the best part about Oracle ERP Cloud is going to be that is deployed on Oracle infrastructure. And obviously, the whole idea of Oracle to sell the ERP solution was to sell more database, more analytics, and obviously Oracle infrastructure. Because, uh, you know, Oracle, if you look at their cor- corporate strategy, I mean, they are supposed to be the database company. The only reason why they are selling ERP is because they want to sell more analytics. Uh, but there has been a little shift in the market, uh, in my view, the way Oracle, Oracle's market has evolved. So when Oracle acquired PeopleSoft, uh, they had far bigger market share in the HCM space, but they didn't have as bigger market share at least in the enterprise. Space. But then, what happened is, uh, you know, they ended up losing a lot of HCM market share because of Workday. So right now, if you look at Oracle's market share, people talk about you know how much they have gained in the ERP, which is true as well. Okay, they have been winning against a lot of different vendors in the market because obviously their cloud solution is one of the richest, at least for the enterprises, you know, if you talk about the enterprise solution in the cloud, Oracle is probably going to be the most ahead, then probably followed by Microsoft. But again, when you are looking at, and we are going to talk about the volume that these companies are going to expect, and I don't know if Microsoft is really there yet, uh, if it has proven for that kind of workload, when you talk about Fortune 100, Fortune 50 companies, that's where, uh, you know, it's going to be either SAP or or Oracle. So uh, for Oracle, obviously this is going to be in the cloud, And I don't know, you know, how many cloud, they they have some really, really big installation overall on uh, on cloud. So obviously they have been proven. SAP S4 HANA has been proven as well. Uh, But again, you know, sometimes it could be all over the place, on-prem versus cloud. So you don't know whether uh, the customer actually is running the on-prem version or the cloud. Sometimes there could be mixed messaging. So it might be harder to find, you know, how many successful cloud implementations are there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, so I don't know, Besides, those numbers are usually marketing numbers anyways. Sorry, what's that? I said, and besides when you, when companies say how many cloud customers they have, they're usually a marketing number.
0: Well, so, okay, so there is a little finer point there. So when you are talking about public companies, okay, That's they different. are, yeah, it's different. So Oracle is a public company, they All have right, to, okay, sure. yeah, they have to report their numbers, but obviously right. you have a little cloud there. okay? so you can sort of do the mixed messaging so when they say cloud number cloud could mean a lot of different things it could mean oracle erp cloud it could mean in analytics it could mean infrastructure it could mean a lot of different things so that's where they have a little cloud there in terms of presenting but overall their cloud business is growing a lot uh you know cloud erp business is growing a lot obviously because of naturally that's hot no questions about uh, that and obviously the oracle uh, erp cloud is extremely hot as well they have some really big loads, like massive massive load um, so we have one comment in the uh, commentary so vikas is saying that uh, you know what he is agreeing that fusion included people soft jd and nc um, so yeah so we are right there uh, now andy uh, the overall when you look at the products positioning so uh, in the value chain obviously this is going to be your enterprise product and when we talk about enterprise product Uh, The expectation is going to be very different in terms of the feature set, in terms of the functionality, in terms of the transactional workload that these uh, systems need to pull. And their workflows are going to be far more enterprisey, far more complicated. So obviously, these systems are not really designed for SMB. SMB companies are going to find it overwhelming in general when they are going to be using uh, these systems. In the Oracle portfolio, there are probably only two systems right now that are going to be go-to systems and that are going to be Oracle ERP Cloud as well as NetSuite, uh, at least in the cloud world when you talk about legacy systems, not sure when the development is going to stop, when the support is going to stop. So from the roadmap perspective there are two products that are going to be um, definitely likely in the cloud world that is going to be Oracle ERP Cloud um, as well as NetSuite. Now from the competitive landscape, I would say there are only three competitors for this solution. There is probably fourth, uh, you know, but that is very subjective as well. So typically the competitor for this solution is going to be SAP S4 HANA, uh, Microsoft Dynamics 365 FNO. Uh, Those two are the natural choices that everybody probably already knows. Um, Some of the other solutions in the market that could be potential. uh, But again, when you look at the massive, massive workload, uh, you know, it could be tricky Uh, even with the larger systems. So some of the systems that we have in the market, for example, IFS does really well in some very large accounts. Uh, But they are also, it's not that they are always selling, uh, you know, either uh, the finance, sometimes they are selling the best of breed. So they might sell only the service component as part of their solution. In fact, the way Oracle um, ERP Cloud is designed, you can tear apart parts, which is very different than some of the other ERP offerings. So here with Oracle ERP Cloud, what you can do is you can buy the project portfolio management solution alone. And now I don't think anybody has really used the term project portfolio management. And the reason why they are using project portfolio management is because uh, Oracle is really targeted to the service-centric industry. That's their brand and better. And these industries are going to be your tech, media, telecom, uh, oil and gas, energy, healthcare, public sector, these are the core industry. True servers. Exactly. This is their target market. Oracle wants to go after companies where they are going to have large development dollars and where they can sell Oracle database. Okay. Right. If they go to companies where Oracle database is not going to make much sense, they might be using some of the open source databases, then Oracle is probably not going to be there. Uh, in general, product companies, they are not as, custom development heavy. That's why Oracle sort of never wanted to be uh, in the product play. They have tried to be in the product play. Even if you look at the NetSuite core industries where NetSuite does well. Sure, NetSuite does well in the retail distribution space as well. But the the, the primary focus market, for the, even for them, is going to be your media tag. They have not for profit focus. That's what they are trying to focus. Uh, the other thing I would like to highlight about Oracle solution is going to be the financial component is going to be extremely heavy in general. The security, the risk component, in general, in uh, solutions such as Oracle. Heavy is be Oracle. as in
1: robust.
0: Exactly. So robust could, be, could mean a lot of different things, right? When sure. we look at robust from the banking and insurance perspective, they require a very different level of robustness <laughs> than what a manufacturer is going to require because there they have to comply. And by the way, when you are looking at uh, the processes of the public companies, and public companies, when they are going to be bank and insurance, now we are talking about very different ball game because you need to analyze risk, you need to forecast risk, you need to quantify risk. So there's too much uh, you know, that goes in to enable the processes of a public, global public company. And that's where Oracle really shines. Oracle has had two major capabilities overall from their solution. Their finance was always very heavy in general. They were really, really good at that. Uh, ATM, really, really good at that. They were really deep. Before Workday started, you know, Oracle probably had the major HCM market share. Exactly, exactly. Because the people soft. Uh yeah. you know, but now we have too many solutions. Uh, so that has been their core focus. Oracle ERP Cloud, the way it started, it had, uh, you know, and again, the, the reason why they have the project portfolio management capabilities is because when you are going to be looking at companies like tech, media, healthcare, they have a lot of different projects. Uh, that they do as part of their business model. That's why they require these programs and projects. For example, if you look at software development business, uh, you know, they are going to have tons and tons of projects. They are not going to be selling products. So for them, what you are going to require is the financial ACM as well as your project portfolio management. So that's their ERP. Uh, they might require procurement as well. And Oracle is very deep in procurement too. But when you look at the processes of the public, sorry, the product-centric companies, their processes are going to be very different. So the way Oracle ERP Cloud grew uh, in its capabilities, if you look at the evolution of the product, first, they started, obviously, with financial, okay? Then uh, got a little bit of ACM. Then uh, they got, uh, you know, everything that a service company is going to need. Then, finally, something that product companies are going to do. So their strength is still going to be, uh, in uh, for the service companies. And that is going to be your telco. That is going to be your, uh, you know, oil and gas. um uh, tech and media. But they do target manufacturing
1: as well, don't they? Like
0: big manufacturers? They do, but again, that's not their sweet spot. That's uh, not their
1: sweet spot. I see. Yeah, okay.
0: so that's where, you know, you have a lot of other companies who can do far better in the manufacturing mm-hmm. space. If you look at the core cool capabilities of Oracle uh, ERP Cloud, it can do manufacturing. Uh, But it's not going to be as deep as the products that are going to be targeted for manufacturing, for distribution. I see. Yeah, the perspective is very different. Um, Okay, any other comments before we start on the slide? No. Okay, perfect. Okay, Um, so we are going to start with uh, some of the commentary here that we found. And this is based on the history and the evolution that we have seen of this product. So here they are saying Oracle eBusiness Suite is one of Oracle Corp's major product lines, obviously. This supposed to be a flagship product. It used to be a flagship product. I don't know if it's still a maybe in the revenue share. This is probably still the flagship product because Oracle, every cloud. I don't know whether it is doing two million, two billion, three billion, five billion. You know, uh, we have data. Yeah, they they don't have to do a lot of
1: transactions to hit a billion. Transaction? What? Sorry. They don't have to sell a lot of transactions to hit a billion revenue.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You are so right um and we have number from 2017 i guess uh, <clears throat> and at that time the number was 1.2 billion okay so right now i, I can guess probably it's going to billion is what we are looking yeah, at yeah. yeah so here uh we have some more commentary here it is an integrated set of business applications for automating uh, customer relationship management erp scm so that's how they like to segment this and by the way their crm capabilities are going to be super strong as well I don't know if any other vendors are going to have as strong CRM capabilities. And, you know, in their case, they acquired a company called Elequa, and that was very strong in marketing automation com- component, especially for the services and tech media-centric companies, right? So they are going to have very strong CRM component as well. CRM as well as CX, as well as advertising. Uh, but then they are probably expected to kill their Commerce product, so I don't know what all is going to be killed as part of the CRM portfolio. But it seems like they have been trying to get into get really deep into the healthcare market. So after the acquisition of Cerner, I think they are trying to attack the healthcare a lot more. Obviously, Cerner has had like one of the largest market share in the EHR, and that's ERP for healthcare. If you really right. think about it. So now that ERP plus Oracle's Acm plus financial, that's going to be a full suite for a lot of healthcare companies. Um, Here, uh, we have some more commentary first released in 2001. Okay, so Oracle has been in the market, at least in the ERP market, for not for very long. So they actually started, you know, probably after Salesforce. The Salesforce was already there by this time. So first released in 2001, EBS was Oracle's first bundle of ERP and CRM applications. It remains the most widely used uh, line of business applications in the company's portfolio. Obviously, this was really um, targeted for the enterprise-centric businesses. One more comment: I mean, the way the whole product started, it it had very database-centric feeling. uh, You know, because obviously their core was always very database. Uh, So even the product, I mean, if you look at the older products, you know, older version of the product, it used to feel very database-centric. You know, I could never get a feel that this was a real application. But now, if you look at the cloud product, that's very different, okay? Now, they have done marvelous job uh, in, the, in the cloud world. It's really, really good.
1: So, basically, if a company's on JD Edwards, PeopleSoft, or or Sybil, they're probably being pushed to go to the new version.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, for the most part, they are probably going to remain in Oracle portfolio. A lot of customers that Oracle is winning, obviously, are the ones that are moving from either people soft jd edwards yeah. or siebel uh but there are some customers that are moving from sap as well as um, other smaller vendors such as um okay so some more commentary here uh, in 2011 so after 10 years oracle released a new suite called oracle fusion applications which was designed to provide a common upgrade path for users of oracle e business suite the reason why they had started this application just you know to get into the cloud world but if you look at the release date of their actual cloud you know they started that in 2012. so there was a, a little overlapping effort between your fusion and the oracle erp cloud uh, so it has been very interesting journey uh, the way both of these products have evolved so here they are saying e-business suite applications and its other product lines will continue to be updated despite the development of the fusion software so, they are still developing that. Okay. They are still uh, developing Fusion as well as uh, your uh, Oracle EF Cloud. And here they are saying 12.2, this is for EBS. Uh, the release date is, uh, sorry, the update date or the support date is until 2030, is what they have announced. And this is the most recent version, this is 12.2 for EBS. Okay, so this is the version that has been there since what, 2007 to present. This is the R12 version. And since 2018, they have done roughly, what, 12.2? Yeah, so it's been roughly, what, four or five years uh, since they released the major release. So I don't know if there is going to be another major release or not on this product. Okay, some more comments. So, okay, so this is the commentary from one of the YouTube videos, uh, and uh, they are trying to make fun that, okay, you hear things like Oracle ERP, Oracle uh, eBusiness Suite, eBiz, Oracle Apps, they all are same. Uh, which is true as well. Um, and this is the sort of the evolution of the architecture. In 11.5, they were using a lot of different, uh, you know, systems there, 9 i AS. But then the 12.2 is when they got the architecture that was slightly more fusion middleware centric, which is very similar to N4OS, uh, you know, or any other iPaaS platform that companies might be using, uh, similar to your MuleSoft. Um, So that's where they got the the middleware capability. The real difference between how uh, Oracle is approaching this versus how Microsoft is approaching this versus how SAP is approaching this, there is a little difference in the architecture uh, as well as for uh, Infor as well. So Infor integrates their products at the middleware level. uh, And Oracle does that as well. Okay? Uh, Okay. Microsoft products are integrated at the database level. So there's uh-huh. a little difference there. So typically you are going to see a lot more integration issues with Oracle, and we hear this a lot. With NetSuite, with Oracle, a lot of integration uh, really? So even though they are selling uh, their products as, let's say WMS and ERP as part of the same portfolio, but with Oracle, you are going to get far more integration issues in general, because that is integrated at the service layer level, then really design the integration from the database at uh, application level, Microsoft has done that. Their products are integrated at the database level um, and they have the common data model as well. So their architecture is slightly different. And this is the same issue that we hear in the Infor portfolio as well. Their yeah. products. And Epicor is the same, um, yeah. you know, they are doing the
1: same. Yeah, right in the middle of that list though, there's manufacturing. Where do you see manufacturing? The list, the list on your left. Right, Absolutely. right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've always, well, they're pretty diverse product.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's definitely going to have very deep manufacturing capabilities and we are going to reduce some of their capabilities on manufacturing. So typically the companies that these products need to support and these companies are probably going to have every single business model <laughs>
1: yeah. on the
0: face of this earth. So some of these companies are going to be, you know, what 50% of my company is going to be airline business, but I am also manufacturing deeply.
1: So, There's also a repair shop.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm selling burgers on the side. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it could be all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why the enterprise-grade products, they need to support pretty much every single business model. And obviously, manufacturing is at the heart of everything. And that's why but the enterprise- products, are
1: truly financials in HCM.
0: That's their perspective of design and the architecture. The way they think about the architecture is that.
1: And maybe, it, here's here's an example. Remember, we always saw them in alphabetical order. This one's not. So the top two are probably their real focus.
0: Um, yeah, depending upon who has written these slides, I guess. So you, most likely their preference. Yeah, they. Yeah, if you look at the Oracle ecosystem, you are going to find a lot more consultants that are going to be really strong in financial human resources, not so much in management, Yes, and,
1: and absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, um, so some more uh, comments here. So this is on uh, 12.1 uh, e-business architecture. So I guess, you know, this is how they had sort of evolved uh, overall, in the architecture, this is the Fusion middleware, uh, which is a very similar architecture of any Java apps uh, that you are going to see. My understanding is going to be even Salesforce is probably going to have very similar architecture. Salesforce, my again, my understanding is that they use Oracle database in the backend. Uh, is, so is that right? Uh, I think so. They are very well aligned because Salesforce actually came from Oracle Camp. So anybody oh, who's going okay. who's, who's going to come from Oracle Camp, you know, they are going to have very similar uh, architecture and the, and the languages. Um, Yeah. So, uh, and that's why Salesforce actually is based on Java Uh, and whatever is going to be Java based that is probably going to be, you know, Oracle. Okay. So here we have, uh, you know, some more commentary. So it says Oracle fusion applications were launched in September, 2010 and released one year later at open world 2011, uh, which we have already reviewed Uh, some more commentary here. Oracle Fusion applications were originally envisioned and pissed as the enterprise resource planning suite. Um, yeah, so this is where they say that, you know, this was sort of the fusion of Oracle um, EBS, JD right. Edwards, PeopleSoft, and CBO More products. Yeah, 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 product lines. Uh, then they are saying the suite was built on top of uh, Oracle Fusion middleware, and we already saw the architecture of that. And both layers implement the or- Oracle Fusion architecture at that time, service-oriented architecture, I would say in 2010, was really hard. Uh, just pulling off that service-oriented architecture, especially when you talk about banks, uh, insurance companies, they were failing left and right uh, with service-oriented architecture. So whoever could pull off was obviously a, a big deal then. And that's why Oracle really wanted to get into the SOA and BPM bus. And that's why they were doing all of this. But then the cloud came along and then they all wanted to get on cloud Um So in September 2021, Oracle launched uh, Fusion Marketing as part of Oracle Advertising and TX. Uh, so this is the Fusion Marketing. Uh, and I think this is where your Eloqua is going to be part of it. But then they sort of spun off uh, their commerce product. Like not So right now, the fate of the commerce product is not really decided, even though we sort of know that there's an expectation that commerce product is probably not going to be there. So I don't know what is going to happen to this. I don't know how uh, these restructuring is going to uh, shape up, but uh, for the most part, uh, you know, we need to see how the Fusion product is going to evolve. So here they are saying Oracle Fusion Architecture provides an open architecture ecosystem, which is service and event enabled. A lot of people in the Industry 4.0 community talk about event-based programming, but here, obviously, they were trying to figure this out in 2011 Uh, and a lot of companies did that so this these concepts were already there industry 4.0 is not trying to do anything new the only thing that they have done is they have changed the reliability uh, of some of the messages so the messages are going to be faster you can handle a lot more volume uh, you know of those messages but overall architecture is fairly similar what oracle was trying to do it's just that these are very financial regulated applications so you need far deeper uh, you know, security than doing a bunch of alerts um, and understanding, you know, how your devices are performing. Um, what else uh, do we have here? I don't have anything else that is uh, worth mentioning. So I'll move to the next one. So this is the Oracle, uh, uh, I think this is the cloud version slide. So here they are saying the initial release was in June 2012, 10 years ago, the stable release is 19c. Um, The obviously, everything, uh, every single product that Oracle has, they are all going to be based in Java. Uh, And there is a little, in the developer community at least, now people are sort of thinking that whether they should be using Java or not, because there is a big JavaScript movement uh, at this point of time, uh, and everybody's sort of trying to figure out whether they should be uh, Java or not. But from the enterprise perspective, when you look at the, the security of these applications, I don't think... Uh, you know, Java is probably going to move away anywhere. Um, The companies are still going to be developing uh, applications on Java. Um, So here they are saying Oracle ERP is an end-to-end software as a service suite that manages enterprise operations. The suite runs on an Oracle uh, technology stack in Oracle's cloud centers. So this is the real differentiator between your Fusion as well as on this platform. That's why they actually wanted to start this in 2012 because they wanted to deploy everything in Oracle's data center. And by the way, NetSuite is deployed in Oracle's data center as well now. Uh, It wasn't deployed before, but now they ended up moving everything to Oracle. Uh, Here they are saying Oracle Cloud ERP is accessible through both public and private cloud implementation of supports, hybrid deployment. uh, And in some of those enterprise workloads, you are probably going to be needing that.
1: Um, Sam, are there, is there any obvious differentiations between Oracle Cloud, Azure, Amazon, et cetera?
0: So the way I like to think about the infrastructure business, you know, it's a very box-centric business. And when I say box, meaning you require economy of scale uh, to be able to perform in your data center business. So I don't know how to basically answer your question to be honest okay so it's a very penny centric business it's almost like gas station business okay so people are fighting for pennies because you know right. there, there's no real differentiation as such in the cloud business you are simply buying bunch of compute bunch of storage uh, you know some are going to be certified some are going to be faster some might handle the enterprise workload but as such you know they all are providing electricity or internet and you are paying <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, we're all good.
0: It's a very commoditized business, and that's yeah, why everybody yeah. wants very to get commodity. into sort of the software business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but overall, I would say, obviously, when you look at any of the commoditized business, you want to go with the biggest player because they are gonna have the economies, and that's why the Azure, uh, AWS, they are so popular. But overall, I think Oracle has done uh, decently well in in my um, yeah in the infrastructure as well. Um, so here, uh, they are listing some of the modules. So here they have listed financials, accounting hub, procurement, project management, risk management. They have highlighted separately, which we haven't seen in any other platform. And this risk management is going to be super critical for the financial insurance companies, healthcare. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's really strong in the enterprise performance management as well. So it competes with some of the other uh, enterprise-centric Uh, companies, that is going to be your adaptive planning, which is with Workday at this point of time. You have Plan, and obviously Oracle got all of these capabilities from the big boy Hyperion uh, they used to have. So that's why they have always been really deep um, into the the performance. Uh, And then supply chain management is sort of the afterthought. Uh, Initially, they were primarily focused on the indirect spend, uh, not so much on the direct spend just because the focus was very service-centric, but then they have developed uh, really deep capabilities in the direct as well. Um, they have the HIPAA certification. I don't know how many different uh, uh, companies are gonna have that. My understanding is that uh, AWS, Azure, they all are gonna have, uh, but there are gonna be layers of HIPAA as well. Um, so the if you are gonna require that at the ERP level, I don't know how many companies can really support that. And that's why healthcare is a very tricky space in general. Uh, In general, I don't know how many companies are going to be storing the patient information inside their ERP. Uh, Some insurance companies might do that because that might be needed for the transactions. Uh, But in general, if you're not storing patient data inside your ERP, then probably it doesn't need to be HIPAA compliant, but depending upon business model like that. Um, Okay, some more commentary here. Oracle Cloud ERP was based originally on Oracle Fusion applications. Uh, So they are saying, and I don't know if there has, has been a merged Uh, of the code base. So for Oracle Fusion architecture, Oracle Fusion middleware released in 2011. In 2012, Oracle CTO and chairman uh, of the board, Larry Ellison, announced the Oracle Cloud ERP application suite as part of Oracle Cloud, which is the Oracle Cloud when they say they are talking about infrastructure. And when they are talking about ERP, they are talking about apps. Uh, But the business model is very similar to Microsoft. The way Microsoft is trying to commercialize uh microsoft also claims that you can buy any of the apps as you like uh but in some cases you probably won't need to buy the financials because your supply chain is probably not gonna work if you don't buy financials so even though from the business model perspective you can technically buy anything and everything but some apps need to go together uh it's a very similar business model here as well uh what else do we have they did a lot of work when uh, India was launching their GSC because, obviously, India is a humongous market uh, for Oracle and there is a there are humongous companies uh, you know, for SAP and Oracle to target in India. Uh, then we have some more commentary here. Uh, in 2017, uh, Oracle had reported that they had grown roughly, what, 280%? In fiscal quarter three, 280% is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah and then in with these
1: size numbers
0: exactly exactly and in 2017 they are saying it was reported oracle's cloud erp business grew 156% in first quarter 2017 18 and had reached an annual run rate of 1.2 billion dollars okay so in 2017 they had reached 1.2 so my expectation is going to be right now they must be at four or five easily yeah OK, um, some more commentary here, uh, you know, let's look at analyze their customers. And these are some of the notable customers that they like to highlight. So, you know, you can see a little trend there in terms of the logos that they have won. So here they are saying Oracle offers certifications oh. uh, in software as a service uh, specializations for Oracle ERP Cloud. Now, let's analyze the, the way their certifications are going to be structured. So they have accounting, they have financials, they have one more financial cloud that is for payable. So they have one for GL they have one for payable, they have one for receivable, then they have one for Oracle revenue management cloud services, then they have for procurement cloud, and then they have one for PPM cloud, and then financial reporting compliance. So one thing you might be able to gather with this one is they have segmented all of the financial certifications in different buckets, because obviously their finance is going to be very, very deep. Okay, there is no way they can capture that in, in one certification. But they can bundle all of the procurement in one certification. <laughs> so obviously, their procurement is not going to be SD. And then they have PPM, uh, you know, and you don't see any other certification. For example, manufacturing, you don't have that. You might have supply right. chain. Yeah. So that's one way of analyzing, okay, where the strength is of, of a company. Now, let's look at their customers. So Bank of America, okay, or and all of these are really Fortune 5000 you know fortune hundred companies to be honest okay so bank of america is going to be really finance um, uh, thomson reuters is going to be uh, i call them as consulting tech you know however you want to define that uh, but that's a very service centric uh, business then Qantas is going to be your airline uh, in general airline the only thing they are going to use is your financial maybe HCM. Uh they have their own operations uh, they might use the service module for the scheduling but then they might use a best-of-breed such as IFS for their service scheduling. Uh, So, you know, you have a lot of clubbing there overall, IFS plus SAP, IFS plus Oracle, uh, because at that level, you need to get best-of-breed apps, uh, you know, for each of these specific areas. Then you have a lot of different, okay, uh, Blue Shield of California, that's going to be insurance. Then uh, this is probably the Office of uh national statistics so that is going to be public sector then you have hers uh i think that is financial services then you have wake forest uh you know medical center that's going to be your healthcare uh then healthcare service corporation that's probably going to be either healthcare or healthcare insurance uh then you have carbon i believe that's the manufacturing okay they are uh 3d printing manufacturing if my recollection is right uh, and then you have hm treasury uh, that's going to be, again, financial services, queue, I think financial services, or maybe tech. Uh Caesar Entertainment, that's going to be media. And then you have a lot of different public sector organizations and they do a lot of this because all of these are your PeopleSoft accounts that they are moving from and they all are winning uh, You know, on Oracle ERP Cloud. So you can see that trend. They are really targeting these organizations, which is going to be your financial services, Check. Uh, Media, Telco is where uh, Oracle likes to play. Uh, They also have some more commentary here. Oracle ERP product line is a broad suite of financial supply chain procurement project and other applications. Uh, This product line is different from your JD Edwards, PeopleSoft, eBusiness suite, and the other product line. Obviously, they are talking about the product line itself. Uh, The suite was designed for cloud deployments and run on the Oracle technology stack in the Oracle's cloud center. Uh cloud centers. Obviously, it is running on Oracle Cloud uh, that we already know, and they can support a lot of different languages currencies that's given for an enterprise solution. Then HCM and the CX, and they like to highlight the CX as well, because CX is very deep for um, them too. Uh Any comments? No. Nope. Okay. Some more commentary here. So they are talking about the EPM solution. So obviously that was influenced by the Hyperion family, and Hyperion used to be like super deep. Especially when you talk about the public sector forecasting, budgeting, they were super, super deep. They were like go-to solution for that. So obviously, Oracle is going to be very deep. Um, Oracle ERP Cloud is going to be very deep in the financial planning, budgeting process. And finance and the analytics is where they have the real depth.
1: Hyperion was one of the first.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly. You are so right. Uh, And by the way, Primavera, you know, that was their PPM solution that they acquired. Uh, Yeah, so that is, the and that's why Oracle does, decently well, I would say, in the construction as well, because Primavera was very focused on construction. Yeah, I didn't know they had
1: Primavera in there. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now, we have some more commentary here. The procurement applications will soon be enhanced to support direct materials. So, okay, so this is the commentary. I think this is coming from, I don't know, 2016, 2017, somewhere, I guess. Yeah, I guess 2017, this is coming from uh, Brian Somers' article from DigiNomica. So he's talking about procurement applications will soon be enhanced to support direct materials. Previously, the product strength was in indirect spend. For now, it appears contingent labor is not supported in this module and may not be well integrated with the cloud ERP PPM products from now. And that's going to be your project. Uh, you know, if you're doing any sort of project centric manufacturing, then you would require your procurement to be integrated as part of that. But initially that wasn't supported just because the kind of you know uh, <laughs> accounts they were targeting, they probably didn't care for that function. Um, then they have supply chain management solutions will be getting its largest single infusion of SCM functionality in one update in Oracle's history. And this is where they got the SCM and manufacturing capabilities. So initially the only thing they did is service organization but then they sort of lumped the scm and manufacturing capability the epm product is targeted against products from anaplan adaptable uh, insights host analytics which is plan view right now plan view right yeah plan yeah. And view uh, and then uh, oracle reported that they are approaching thousand customers of its cloud planning and budgeting module but again thousand is a big deal those thousand like bank of america customers and yeah, obviously huge. Are, yeah yeah uh here they have some commentary for the PPM. PPM has been enhanced to compete as a standalone solution against solutions from firms like PlanView, CA. And these were like go to solutions for the enterprise grade project management. So obviously, Oracle is competing there um, as well. Um, so their
1: PPM. Uh portfolio or product it includes the primavera product now it's merged into it
0: it's influenced from that
1: influenced I yeah
0: see. exactly the way your microsoft products are going to be influenced by microsoft project um, so yeah so i guess at the enterprise level i don't know how many different choices are going to be there but these are we are talking about like billions and billions of dollars in project management so obviously that's a that's a big deal uh I don't have anything else here that I would like to mention. Uh, So let's go to the next one. So here, uh, we have some more commentary here. The stunning stats on cloud adoption were as follows. Uh, 21.5 million users among 18,000 customers and 21,000 entities, counting partners. Uh, That's a joke, I guess. Among these entities, roughly 10,000 are using Oracle's HCM Cloud and another 10,000 are using the Customer Experience Cloud, which includes sales, service, and the marketing app. Um, So that is some data, but again, I think Oracle has sold a lot of different standalone apps just because they could, and then their role or goal is going to be to sell more apps. And once they get financial, then they have to probably get everything else as well. And this is when Kurian, um, Thomas Kurian was there with Oracle, now he's with Google, so Korean said, uh, you know, Oracle CRP uh, cloud can handle huge organizations. 200 million. Journal entries per hour. Per hour. Holy
1: <laughs> smokes. That's the kind of volume we are talking about, guys. Mo- most systems are going to just come to a halt.
0: Uh, I know. I know. And by the way, I mean, see, these are just journal entries. When we talk about yeah. the real... MRP, MRP process.
1: He's not transactions. Just oh,
0: like when you do MRP, I have seen even the mid-market solutions choke with like one entity, two entities, because they just cannot process. This is the foundational element of ERP, and we are talking about these many general entries. And if cool. you have to do end-to-end, order-to-cash, procure-to-pay, good luck with that. Only and SAP you we were
1: talking to me about that truck company that you were dealing with, that truck manufacturer, and they, and they were getting choked, and it was nothing like this.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean, we are talking about, like, two entities. They were yeah. getting choked in, like, one entity. Uh, yeah. 800 bombs. Can you believe this? My <laughs> goodness. Wow. Yeah. That's why SAP is so powerful, because the yeah. kind of workload that SAP can handle for for product companies, you are not going to find that anywhere. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here, I think they were making jokes about Workday. But again, Workday is a very different solution. Uh, they are not going to be as strong with financials, uh, even though their financials is designed for the enterprise-grade companies. Uh, but again, their strength is going to be just the, the financial financial journal entries, as well as the HCM is where their bread and butter is. But when you thicken the transaction, that's where the real depth is, when you get into the real Core ERP supply chain processes, uh, your transaction you know, is going to be multiplied by like 100. So if you can do general entries, so what? Uh, the real uh, depth or the issue is going to be when you are going to be doing scheduling planning uh, for these humongous companies. Uh, here, they are saying that they can, they could handle ERP, CRM, HCM in one single cloud, which is a big deal. For Fortune 50 companies, uh-huh. uh, you know that's really a big deal. So obviously Oracle is able to do that, uh, and that's why Oracle ERP Cloud is so successful with the enterprise company. So some, uh, you know, very specific piece of functionality that you are going to find only in the enterprise solutions. Obviously, this is probably going to have the 40,000 line items. So we can barely cover anything in in one hour session. But let's look at some of the key functionality. That you're going to find only in these three solutions so some of the things that you're going to find is going to be sales agreements at the line level payment terms at the line level this functionality only exists in the enterprise-grade solutions because the kind of industries these solutions are targeting are going to be very different now you as the small to medium-sized manufacturer distributor retailer you are probably never going to use this functionality and this functionality is probably going to come in your way of processing the transaction. It's going to be slowing down because it's probably trying to write to 20 different tables for no <laughs> reason when you are never going to use that. Uh, so think of that because, again, the perspective is very different. The database design is very different overall. So if you are a small to medium-sized business, uh, you know, I don't know why you would choose this. Uh, then the other complexity that you are going to get is, again, you are writing in many different tables. Uh, you have business unit, you have sales agreement, you have sales credits, these are all very enterprise centric uh, you know, functionality that is going to be relevant only for those billion, $5 billion plus businesses. Uh, you know, otherwise you can probably live on some of the mid-market solutions. Uh, we have some very interesting functionality. For example, risk management. Risk management uh, is very, very, very deep in Oracle ERP Cloud. I have personally not seen that even in case of uh, SAP. Uh, SAP had very thick functionality For GDPR compliance, Uh, they had a lot of functionality for SOX, but risk forecasting, I didn't see. Uh, Maybe they do, but uh, it's probably not going to be as thick as as Oracle, again, because Oracle is targeted for service-centric banks, uh, you know, financial services. Um, Then we have some of the very deep supply chain management functionality as well, overall in terms of the transportation management that we saw in the case of Infor, LN, as well as Microsoft uh dynamics FNO. Uh for example, let's say if you look at some of the logistics features here. So we are talking about transportation planning and optimization. We are, tr- are talking about transportation process integration. We are talking about freight payment automation, trade regulatory compliance management that was only there in the enterprise products such as in LN as well as Microsoft Dynamics FNO. Um, you are not going to find that in the mid markets. Then you have custom documents management. Uh, what else am I looking here? Um the whole, um, I would say the procurement functionality is very deep, especially in the indirect spend area. Uh, it's very, very, very deep. Uh, but typically the enterprises are probably going to be using either Coupa or Ariba for procurement. So you will probably be using in conjunction with that. And your uh, procurement is probably going to be handled in those apps. Uh, Oracle is probably going to be used for your finance. Um, what else do we have here? No, nope, I don't anything else. Let go like... back to the
1: previous? I'm sorry, Zeph. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm just reading about the manufacturing features at the bottom there.
0: Yeah, so manufacturing. Oh, project
1: you know, focused.
0: Yeah, you know, they have sort of provided the bullet points. Uh, but again, you know, you would not get that feel when you're going to look at these screens. Uh, it's just not as deep as some right. of the product-centric uh, solutions. They're, again, it's afterthought. thought. Well, uh, project
1: management is usually uh, an offshoot of the finance anyways, which they're strong at. So that exactly. makes sense.
0: Exactly. Uh, okay. So here, this is where their depth is. When you look at the, the planning and forecasting and the analytics, and this whole analytics engine is built as part of your ERP, so you are going to get the enterprise grade planning and forecasting engine you can go nuts on this one to build your data warehouse and that's what oracle wants you to you know because obviously then you are going to be buying a lot more database and data warehouse uh
1: firepower but you're going to need the skills to be able to run it though the it skills
0: in, in general the kind of companies they are dealing yeah. with uh, you They've know they are probably teams. going to have yeah internal yeah. Teams, yeah. uh then if you look at the the way their databases are designed so they have separate schema and the the security is enforced at the schema level now a lot of not a lot of different apps can do that because obviously their databases are going to be very lean for example let's say if you're looking at file-based app you know let's not talk about security because it's not part of that. Uh, <laughs> here, we are talking about Oracle-grade security that is going to be enforced at the instance level, then at the user level, then your schema level. So, you know, you have far more granularity in terms of what level of access that you can provide in each of the country for each of the module for each of the functions. So it's going to be far deeper. Uh, and this is what your banks, finance, uh, financial services companies are probably going to be needing.
1: Your Fortune five. Five, uh, 100 etc yeah
0: yeah public organizations they they play at a different level uh, in general so here you know we have the the overall hierarchies that you're going to look at so you are going to get things like cost center and that's a very public sector centric term they use a lot of different departments budget cost center uh, that's where it comes from so if you are doing a lot of budgeting then you are probably going to be needing the cost center as well Uh, But bigger organizations, they are probably going to be needing that too. So are Uh, these dimensions? uh, No, no, no. So these are not just the dimensions. They are going to be for richer layers, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a line of business is probably going to be just like the way you have the entry functionality in a lot of different ERPs. So you have the company, you have site you might have branch here you are going to get more layers which is going to be your company lob uh, you know cost center not every layer is going to be as rich as an entity uh, but they have a lot more layers that they can support and when you are looking at the global organization where at every level you probably need a PL, then you probably need all of these layers because at the lob level you need to be able to close your books you need to have probably a separate ledger at the lob level so it's a different ball game Okay, uh, some more commentary here uh, on the uh, screen. So overall, this is the security context screen. So the way your security context is going to be, you should be able to enable it for any of the sub-ledgers, ledgers. ledgers. Again, the granularity that you have overall in terms of the security, that's not going to be available in the mid-market solution. And that's where the complexity is. For mid-market companies, it could be too much. Why do you need this? You know, if you're not a public company. So again, You know, this is probably going to be unnecessary. It's going to be overhead on your performance. So if you're an enterprise company, this is great because you need this. Mid-market company, probably not. Um, Some reviews, and we can probably take just one right now. Um, So here they are talking about, you know, this is the company. This is the healthcare company.
1: Up to 5,000 employees. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's probably okay, I would say, on that solution. So they are saying we use it only for financial operations. They are not using for anything else. Uh, Then the plus that they have is really in reporting, that's the bread and butter for Oracle, then they are saying some complaints here, easier uploading of image, image files to facilitate business processes. I'm not too sure. I think you are doing something crazy there. So I think that's on user, that's not on the product. It's uh,
1: interesting. Your other review here is uh, under 50 employees.
0: Uh, exactly. And I don't know what this company is doing there with Oracle ERP. Well, it Oracle. says professional
1: services management consulting. So who knows, right?
0: I, exactly. That's a crazy idea. If you have 50 people company, I don't know why. You All 50
1: of company. them are managing the system. It's, exactly. And nobody <laughs> else does the <really> work. <laughs>
0: exactly. It's so true. So true. Okay, some more commentary here, provide more ease of configuration of GL allocations. Um, This is going to feel very difficult, obviously, because this is designed for enterprise-grade company. So even the company that is 5,000 employee, they are finding it harder Then the, they are complaining provide more flexibility in setting up transaction codes for bank reconciliation statements. Again, everything in these solutions are gonna be slightly more difficult, but that difficulty is for a purpose. Uh, And they are saying, for better functionality to split and merge assets with more flexibility to unmerge and undo the split, uh, they are not happy with the fixed asset functionality. But I can see why they would not be happy. And I don't know how strong Oracle Cloud ERP is in the fixed asset module.
1: Yeah, because yeah. again,
0: service companies don't need as many fixed assets. Maybe public sector companies do, but you know they don't have as many assets. Uh, some more commentary here. So here they are saying lots and lots of room of improvement in providing direct DB view, okay. Hey guys, okay, you have been accessing direct database, but in the cloud world, you're not gonna get that.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So get used to it. That is going to be in every single solution, it has nothing to do with Oracle. So, then one more commentary they are saying Oracle channel revenue management functionality is not as R12, uh, lots of functionality lost. So, in the cloud version, they are not seeing channel revenue management, uh, custom functions. Okay, a lot of customizations that you could do in your on-prem world is not going to be available here. Figure out how to simplify your processes. Um, you know, that's the only way to do it in the cloud world, uh, because obviously you're killing your system with those uh, custom functions. When we've you seen so don't... many
1: systems once they have gone to the cloud. It's it's a subset of the of the initial system.
0: Yeah, but I mean, typically a lot of companies were sort of over bloating their systems and, and processes, they probably don't need all of that, mm. um, to be honest. Okay, so these things were unnecessary, which is a good thing to be honest. Now you have a lot more control because you are not really dealing at the database. Uh, I am not seeing else here. Uh, That's pretty much it. So I can take some final comments uh, if you might have. And if you have any comments in the audience.
1: Is is there any comments in the audience?
0: No, we don't have anything. Um, I
1: mean, the thing is about Oracle, I mean, they're one of the two largest ERP vendors in the world. They're probably the largest. Well, they are the largest in North America. Uh, They've been around for a long time. Larry Ellison is doing just fine. Thank you very much. And, you know, their products are tried and true, tested over years and years. And they really do target the Fortune 500 size companies. They're not going to be... Uh, you know, they, they, they've they got their markets share and they're doing and they do a great job.
0: Yeah, could not agree more. So this product is really designed for Fortune 5000 companies. If you are there, you know, $1 million plus, then this probably is going to make sense. Uh, and if you are going to be in those service centric industries, this is going to be a really good fit.
1: And in, obviously, incredibly high volume transaction.
0: Exactly. Like crazy. and
1: Exactly. Like Volusant you said, return. banking,
0: right? Exactly. Um. Any other comments, uh, Andy, before we close? No. All right, guys, that's it for today. If you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another solution or the vendor on that note. Thanks, guys, for tuning in tonight. Thank you very much. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to the Chrysler It's C H E C R Y S L E R dot C L U B. If you want to learn more about Andy Pratico, head over to esoft dot com. It's E S S O F T dot com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes including the interview with Nick Foy, who shares his insights on the reasons for ERP implementation and adoption failures based on his team's experience in saving Odoo implementations. Also, the interview with Augustin Cruz Lozano, who shares his insights into the taxation and localization, nuances of Mexico, and why the vanilla ERP would fall short for Mexico. Also, don't forget to subscribe